0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 17, how God had a reward for Abraham who wholly and fully followed God. And that reward was what Genesis chapter 18 is all about when God appears before Abraham. now This message is available for free download and free listening at friendshipwithgod.org and also on iTunes by finding the Friendship with God podcast. Now, we've got some exciting news to share with you. Tom Cantor, the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, is sending out missionaries to go door-to-door again this year for the fourth year in a row. Missionaries are going to be sent out to the Jewish people this summer. Now, would you like to support a Jewish missionary who's going to go out and bring the gospel to the Jew first this summer? Your one-time donation or monthly support will help one of God's lost Jewish brethren to receive the gospel into their hands or as the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, the past three summers, we've reached almost a million lost Jewish people each summer. Millions and millions of lost Jewish people have been reached with the gospel in these outreaches each summer. Now, last year, for example, we went to 18 different Jewish cities. Now, we've brought them Jewish-based gospel materials to help them answer their questions that they have. Tom Cantor has a wonderful book called Frequently Asked Questions by Jewish People, and this book is put into their hands so that they can have their questions answered about who God is and who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Now, many of these Jewish people that are reached are Orthodox, Hasidic, Reformed, or religious Jewish people that are afraid to receive materials in public. So we take them door-to-door to them and hand them to them directly. Surprisingly and prayerfully and thankfully, many of them receive them extremely well when we bring them to their door. And many call us with questions behind their door after receiving those materials. And many do receive the Lord Jesus Christ. They begin discipleship. And many come to church to start worshiping eventually after being worked with. Now, God's lost chosen nation of people can be reached. And will you help us reach God's lost brethren, the Lord Jesus Christ's lost brethren, by supporting a Jewish missionary the next 12 weeks? You can donate monthly or one time. And you can do so by going online to friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org. And you can help support the gospel going to a lost Jewish person. Or you can call us directly now or after the program at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching program from Genesis.
1: A 99-year-old man who believes God, who believes he believes that to obey God that he will be given the strength to do all things, including this task. A 99-year-old man who steps out to obey God and is miraculously strengthened in one day to take his own son and circumcise him, then go on to take 500 to 600 men and circumcise them. And then having seen the trauma of it all, to then, this 99-year-old man goes and circumcises himself and he does it all in one day. Now, how would you describe that? <laughs> Was it painful? Understatement. Was it debilitating? Well, let's just, let's just put it this way. In Joshua 5, there is a history of, of the Jewish people that didn't circumcise and then they were at Gilgal and they, they were all circumcised there. And the description it's very interesting. It says in Joshua 5.8, And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp, and it says, till they were whole. Okay, so what does that mean? That <laughs> I means circumcision makes a person not whole. <laughs> and, and did Abraham, did he love his son Ishmael? He loved his son Ishmael. We saw that in verse 18. Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael may live before thee. He had a heart for Ishmael. He loved Ishmael. Was it hard for Abraham to hurt his son Ishmael with this circumcision? Of course it was. Of course it was. Wouldn't it have been easier for Abraham to have said to one of his servants, you do it? Of course it would have been. But God called Abraham, the father, to do this to his son. And the Bible says, that God the Father hurt God the Son for our redemption. In Isaiah 53, 10, where it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering to sin, he shall see his seed, it shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Was it hard for God the Father to hurt God the Son for our redemption? Of course it was. But Isaiah 53 says that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. But God the Father was willing, not only willing, He was pleased to bruise the Son, so willing to put him to grief. Why? So that he could open heaven's door to us, to enable. Unless that happened, the, the enablement wouldn't have happened. What enablement? The enablement and the rest of Isaiah 53.10. Thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. You and I never would be able, would have been able to make the soul of the Lord Jesus Christ our offering for sin unless God the Father was willing to hurt him, was willing to bruise him, was willing to put him to grief. And God the Father never would have been able to look at believers and see his seed he never would have been able to look at or he never would have been able to look at believers and prolong their days give them eternal life if god the father was not willing to hurt god the son bruise him and put him to grief and in order to paint this picture for abraham to understand what god the father did to god the son when he used the word gave In John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave him to be hurt, so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In order for that picture to be painted, God called Abraham to hurt his son Ishmael in the circumcision. And later, God is going to call Abraham to hurt his son Isaac by offering him as a burnt offering. And when the trial will come to Abraham, that one, when that trial is going to come to Abraham in Genesis 22, 3, we're going to read these verses, these verse, this verse. We're going to read these words. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. That little phrase, and Abraham rose up early in the morning, That's Abraham. That's the description of Abraham. That when God had called him to sacrifice his his son, it describes it in the same way as we read about here. This phrase, in the self-same day, describes Abraham in Genesis 17, 23 and 26. And that describes the same Abraham when he was called to circumcise as he rose up early in the day when he was called to sacrifice Isaac. These phrases, they're so important because they describe Abraham's attitude, which is the attitude of the man described by King David in Psalm 112, verse 1, where David says, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Delighteth greatly in his commandments. In Psalm 40, verse 8, David goes on, it says, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy laws within my heart. That's a description of the attitude of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the mind of Christ. That's a description of it. And Abraham knew it wasn't good enough just to hear what God had commanded. But it was essential to do, and quickly, what God commanded. And there's something very interesting in the parable of the men who built their houses. You remember the wise men. You know, see? And if you like to turn to that in Luke 6, 46-49, there's something very interesting there about these two men. Of course, one's wise, one's foolish. But they all built their house and the rains came down. Anyway, you know it. And it says in Luke 646 49 he starts off, the Lord Jesus Christ starts off this parable by asking a question. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I'll show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose, the stream vehemently and upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. But, he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Now, question for you. What did both of those men do? Say it again. Okay, both of those men built houses, right? You can't say the one worked hard than the other. They both built houses. They worked very hard to build the houses is like life they both work hard okay what else they both experienced what the storm right they had they both had hardships in life but now look at verse 47 and 49 and tell me what word the same word appears in both 47 and 49 just look for a word that appears in both verses. Yeah, go ahead and say it, Bennett. Uh, heareth. heareth. They both hear. They both heard. They both hear what God commands. They both hear the sayings of Christ. They both hear God calling them like God calls in, in Isaiah 45:2. look unto me. And be ye saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God, there is none else. They both hear God's invitation, like the invitation of Matthew eleven twenty-eight: 28. Come unto me, all ye labor, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. They both hear God's promise, like the promise in Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. But the dif- They both hear. But the difference is, one obeys and one does not. And Abraham was the one who obeyed God without any hesitation. That's the self-same day part. Now, he's the one who's the self-same day in verses, Genesis 17, 23 and 26. Abraham is the one who gets up early in the morning to obey God in Genesis 22, 3. But both the men in the parable of the building of the house, they both heard. They both heard. It was not a case of not knowing what God said. Both heard. In Luke 6, 47, and 49, only one did what God said. And the Bible has a description for that type of person. And it's given in Psalm 111, verse 10, where it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then it says, A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. A good understanding have all they that hear the commandments. That's the description of the man who obeys God. God calls that man a man with a good understanding. A good understanding of all they that do his commandments. You know, we don't think that way. We tend to think of a person with a good understanding of the scriptures as someone who knows and understands with his mind. He's got a lot of knowledge. We have an image in our mind of a man with a good understanding of the Bible. We say a person has a good understanding of the Bible if he knows it forwards and backwards and understands all about it. And that person knows where, how to find all the books in the Bible and he doesn't have to go to the table of contents to find out where that book is, where Micah is. And, and, and he can tell you how, when each book was written and the historical setting of that book and who the author was. And he can tell you the theme of the book and he can tell you the main messages of each book. And he knows the original languages and he can can tell you the root derivations of the words in the Bible and define those words and how they're used in the Bible. And he knows where to find familiar verses and he knows what each verse means. And when we find somebody like that, we say, now, well, now that's a person who's a Bible scholar. That's a person who's an expert in the Bible. That's a person with a good understanding of the Bible. But God says, no, no. No, 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 God says. That's not a good understanding. God says, that, that may be very impressive, but a good understanding is something much more than that. And God says, a good understanding is all about the application of what the Bible commands. A good understanding is about obeying God. A man with a good understanding in the Bible is a man who obeys the Bible. A person with a good understanding, if he obeys what God commands, a person may know everything about the Bible, but if that person is not doing what the Bible commands, then that person doesn't have a good understanding of the Bible. And if you and I don't come to the Bible every day with a desire for God to change our lives, we'll never have what God calls a good understanding. And if you and I don't come to the Bible looking for a command, a new command to obey, we'll never have what God calls a good understanding. And Caleb, he had this good understanding. And Caleb's, this thing about Caleb, his good understanding, it it put him so far out of step with the rest of the Jewish people of his day that God had a very unique description for Caleb in Numbers 14, 24, where God said, But my servant Caleb... Because he had another spirit with him, hath followed me holy. Him will I bring into the land wherein he dwelt, and his seed shall possess it. See, God describes Caleb as a person with another spirit. Another spirit. So Caleb has this another spirit, and God says, he has followed me holy. That's the other spirit. He has followed me holy. And as a reward for Caleb, God says, him, I'm going to bring into the land. And as you know, it was only him and Joshua of that generation that went into the land. And that was the reward for Caleb. And that's the reward for those who wholly follow God. It's a special reward. It's a reward of him will I bring into the land. And God had this type of reward for Abraham who wholly followed God. And that reward is what chapter 18, as we come into it now, is all about. Because it opens. But these words, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. We have to always remember that the chapter divisions that we you know, we talk about chapter 17, chapter 18, and so forth. And you know, we think like, well, you know, you know, when Moses wrote this, he he said, well, that's enough for the day. Okay, chapter, you know. <laughs> so I'm tired. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's not the way it was. You know. <laughs> It's just one writing. It's one narrative. You know? And what we see as chapter 18, verse 1, is really part of, verse 7, of chapter 17, because there's no divisions. So really, we need to, you know, we, I mean, these divisions that we, that we have in our Bible, they were put there about 700 years ago. Sorry to disappoint you. So really, it reads like this. And all the men of his house born in, in the house and bought with money from the stranger were circumcised with him. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. See, right after Abraham obeys God with the command to circumcise, God appears to Abraham. And right after obeying God, Abraham was rewarded by God appearing to him. And so what chapter 18 really is, It's a, chapter 18 is a friendly conversation. This is a conversation between God and Abraham, who are friends. That's what chapter 18 is. And it's a scene of these two friends. You know, it says in James 2.23, the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And so by reading straight through from the last verse of chapter 17 to the first verse of chapter 18, all the men of his house were circumcised with him, and the Lord appeared unto him. Enables us, when we see it this way, enables us to see clearly, friendship with God is the direct fruit of obeying God. And Genesis 17, 22, is God told Abraham to, to circumcise, and then God leaves. And now it's up to you, Abraham. Jeremy verse 27, Abraham obeys God. Genesis 18:1, right after Abraham obeys God, by circumcising everyone, God comes to him to start this intimate, friendly conversation and that progression from obedience to friendly fellowship exactly that's exactly what the lord jesus christ was referring to in john 14 23 when he said jesus answered and said to them if a man love me he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him That's what's happening here in in chapter 18, verse 1. The Lord appeared unto him. That's the friendship. That's the, the, we will come and make our abode with him. That's the friendship with God that follows from the obedience of chapter 17, verse 1. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, Abraham is very important to us. I mean, Abraham is, I mean, who is Abraham? I mean, we're studying this man, Abraham. Who is Abraham? Well, you know, Abraham is very important for us. He's not just another historical character. He's not just another Bible character. Abraham, for us, is very, very special. And we have to remind ourselves of that when we study Abraham. We're not just studying a historical character here when we study Abraham. For us, the the study of Abraham is much more personal than that. You know, the Bible describes to us Abraham like this in Galatians 3.7. Know ye, therefore, that they which are of faith The same are the children of Abraham. That's something we're supposed to know. Know ye that they which are of faith, the the, the same are the children of Abraham. Galatians 3.29. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Spiritually speaking, we are the children of Abraham. Spiritually speaking, we are the seed of Abraham. Now, I want you to picture this in your mind. Picture a son when he was just born, was given up for adoption, never met his father. He never met his father. He was just born, is given up for adoption, never met his father. Then he, you know, it happens, starts searching and finding and interneting and everything else, and later in life uh, finds a person who says, I know your father. I'm going to bring you to your father. And so that son is very interested to meet his father. Because that person is going to introduce him for the first time to his father. And that son's going to meet his father for the very first time. And we can so easily picture the scene. The son's going to hear those words that he's been longing to hear. This is your father. And, that's a, and if the, the time's going to come and the person's going to say those words to this person, that's your father. And from that moment that he hears those words, it's, uh, the son is, is going to see no one else. Because in that moment, he's only going to see, that man is my father. And from that moment, when the son hears, the, the, he hears that, he's going to hear no one else. He's gonna, from that moment, all he's going to hear is his father because he's fixated on that man who he has just learned is his father. And the son, at that point, he's carefully studying the man he has just learned as his father and the son, he, he's intently listening to the man. Everything he's got to say, because it's it's, he just learned it's his father. And he wants to know everything about that man. Why? Because he's just learned that that man is his father. And he wants to know everything he can about that man. He wants to know, not just, it's not just any man. That man is his father. Well, we are that child. And Abraham is that father. And God is the person who's gonna, he's introducing to us and says, that man is your father. And when we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, God says to us, Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And when we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, God points to this man Abraham that we're studying here in Genesis and said, this is someone special I want you to meet. That man is your father. And when we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, God says to us, that man Abraham's your father. You take the book of Genesis now and you learn everything you can about your father Abraham. And study him carefully, Abraham, because he's your father. You're his child. And listen carefully to Abraham because he's your father. You're his child. And as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, Abraham means more to us than just another Bible character. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we study Abraham because spiritually speaking, we're his children. And we want to know everything about him because spiritually speaking, he's our father. So when we start for chapter 18, we as the children of Abraham are going to learn a lot more about Abraham, our spiritual father. And so chapter 18 begins with an explanation of how God appeared to Abraham. As It starts off, it caps, begins it off, and it says the good Lord appeared to Abraham. And first we see about this scene is that it was a hot day. Just like it's kind of hot in here, actually. But anyway, it says it was a hot day. And so Abraham says... He sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And the first thing that captures our attention about this scene is we read the word tent, tent door. And we say, tent? Abraham's house was a tent? He was a rich man, Abraham. Why didn't he have, uh, uh, you know, every, what a David sat in his house, as I dwell in a house of cedar panel or whatever he had. You know why, why did Abraham not have a house of stones or clay or wood at least? It's not so bad. Abraham was a rich man. He could have had a much more permanent house made out of stones or clay or wood. But Abraham chose to live in a temporary nomad's tent. And that was our father. So if you don't like that, sorry. <laughs> That's the way it was. He refused to live in a permanent house. He chose to live in a temporary tent. Why? Because of what it says about him in Hebrews Hebrews 11, 9 through 10. By faith he sojourned, he lived in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, dwelling in tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of this promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God.
0: Friendship with God is a listener-supported program. Call us at 1-800-247-3051 with your support, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org to donate online.